is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Applications are now open for the Canadian Export Challenge, CXC 2020, presented in partnership with UPS, the Trade Commissioner Service, and Export Development Canada, along with MasterCard and Scotiabank, and powered by Google Canada, is the first nationwide fully digital pitch competition for Canadian exporters. This year, the Canadian Export Challenge will be accepting all first round pitches through online video submissions. Don't miss your chance to pitch for up to $25,000 cash and up to $100,000 in support. What are you waiting for? Submit your pitch video now. The free events are open to attend for all Canadian entrepreneurs and anyone interested in learning more about the Canadian export ecosystem. Register at startupcan.ca forward slash CXC. Listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Michelle Williams, Change Strategy Lead at Sovereign Insurance, on our show today. Michelle works with individuals and teams across Sovereign's six national offices to elevate their strategic plans to achieve enhanced results and build a strong culture, the heart and soul of an organization. Michelle believes that by fostering safe spaces for people to be heard, we support and illuminate courage, growth, and action that may not otherwise be possible. Ultimately, this creates an environment that inspires leadership, performance, and joy. And I think we can all get behind that. (laughs) As a certified life coach, Michelle has a genuine interest and curiosity about what matters and is important to people. Michelle is eager to partner with individuals who are open and willing to discover new opportunities, embrace change, and overcome barriers to achieve their goals. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be with you this morning. This is great. Likewise. Yeah, so let's dive right in. What are the top pieces of advice um, that you want our women entrepreneurs to take out of our conversation today, Michelle? I think it's important for all of us to really recognize that we live in what's often referred to as a VUCA world. So that really, you know, it's volatile, complex, there's ambiguity, uncertainty, and that, you know, change is constant and it isn't going away anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And we're all challenged to really embrace that mindset of just being with situations, whether it be at in our personal lives or in our corporate settings, um, to continue to refine our approach as we go. And really, 
I would say that leading change and leading individuals through change um, can present its own beautiful challenges. So, you know, at the same time, it can be super humbling um, and it can be rewarding. And you really need to remember that you can't do it alone. And sometimes mm -hmm. there are added challenges that happen at times and could be situational events or resources or execution timelines. And you don't have to do it alone. You can partner with your leaders and your people and, and change advocates to really help define the path based on the problem that you're looking to solve. Fantastic. And I am so jazzed about today's conversation because in my former life before Startup Canada, I worked in the change communication space specifically. Um, so this is an area that really resonates with me and is so challenging, um, both as individuals, but also within organizations that people, um, you know, really struggle with potentially being vulnerable during change or navigating these situations that are amorphous and unclear and, um, you know, building up that, that sense of resilience and that ability to adapt during change is something that I think um, serves people in every every part of their life. So I'm so, so excited to talk to you today, Michelle, um, about some strategies that we can provide to our women entrepreneurs. Awesome. Fantastic. So when women um, entrepreneurs are facing change in their organizations, and that could be, you know, even personally or change within their business itself, what are the top three things that they should really be keeping in mind? I mean, really it comes down to it like, within Sovereign, and, and I would say I can apply this to my personal life, even just as a, a working mom, mm -hmm. um, is, you know, you, we follow an approach that's it's a model on how we engage, align, and equip um, individuals. And with, people are really at the heart and center of that. And so that's engaging and, and equipping and aligning people within the organization broad, um, within, you know, within teams, within individuals. And you have to really think about um, sizing and scaling it based on the, the size of the change and, and the type of change that it is. And, and I think something else that's really important for us to start with is defining why you're changing or, you know, what is the vision for what you're, you're out to accomplish and what is that problem you're trying to solve? Um, because some places to look, you know, you could consider does, does this change uh, create that mutual success for the long term? What is the benefit to yourself, your organization, your team members for doing the work in a new or enhanced way? And really, you know, change is often um, less sometimes about what is changing. For example, you know, taking on something new or, or doing something a new way. And it's often about letting go of the way things work mm. um, or a concern of how change will directly impact each individual. And, you know, this often requires, you, you highlighted it just a minute ago, about moving outside of your, your comfort zone mm -hmm. um, as a result to the change. And, you know, sometimes we have more questions than we have answers mm -hmm. to start. Mm -hmm. So defining that vision and really getting present to outlining what you do know and that, you know, what is that big picture? What is that future that you're looking to achieve? That'll help you, you know, support and aligning with your employees and your partners. Um, Another area is really like thinking again about that size and the impact of the change. So, you know, project plans, business as usual initiatives, things can differ based on the complexity of the initiative. Is it a smaller type of a change? You know, is it something that um, it's more impacting a team or an or a division? Mm -hmm. You know, there's maybe limited ways in which a person's working and, and it might have minor impacts to some of their existing processes. Or it could be a moderate change and it involves, you know, multiple teams and it could include things like, you know, a shift in responsibilities or accountabilities and knowledge and, 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 you know, some, there's more that's, I guess, changing than staying the same. And then there's those larger big C type of changes, which are more complex, you know, maybe they may be perceived as more transformational. Um, they're impacting stakeholders within your organization, within your, um, 
you know, your your distribution channels, those types of things. And um, you know, so really sizing that change is going to help you inform on your plans and the types of resources you need to help implement and activate those change activities, which leads really once you defined, um, you know, why you're changing and, and the size and the impact of the change, you can really start to have something um, tangible mm-hmm. to start planning, right? And that's the final area to think through is, so you have this vision, you, you know, and I've identified some of those impacts. So once you've looked at that, what, you know, this is where that art and science start to merge mm-hmm. and, and what components are required to support managing the change? Because this is where the rubber kind of hits the road, right? And you're mobilizing teams and, and you're, you know, defining that roadmap of, um, roadmap of actions to, to take to lead the initiatives. And maybe that's looking at some training plans to support equipping individuals with the knowledge that they need. Maybe it's communication plans and, and really looking at communicating effectively and efficiently with different stakeholder groups to, to really land with their needs. Um, and then, you know, looking at maybe it's some coaching plans mm-hmm. that people need um, or or other resistant management type of plans to help um, alleviate those areas where it, they just might need a little bit more attention and care. Mm. And I think one of the biggest challenges with change is that in, in a lot of situations, the change actually changes in itself. So what, totally. what uh, recommendations <laughs> do you have for those that are navigating what was one day, one changing situation that may have, you know, the next day turned into a full scale transformation, or maybe you reverted back to the original way because the change didn't work. How do you navigate those conversations when the change changes? I think you have to be, you know, obviously communication takes a a big um, part in that and being mindful and tapped in and pulsing in with the different people that you're working with. And, and, you know, you could come off a call two days ago and you have the best laid plans and then Mm -hmm. some new information becomes available and you say, okay, let's pause and, and, and look at this. Does this best maximize the, you know, we agreed upon a plan, we aligned the plan, but we have to be pivoting and adapting really fast um, to really get, you know, have that impact that we want to make. And And it's not like, you know, the days where maybe you'd make a plan and that's the plan and and, mm. and you go along your way. You really have to be um, listening to the to the different stakeholder groups. Maybe it's your, if you know the size of your business, you have a broad leadership team. Um, what are they hearing, seeing that would influence some of the actions that you're going to take? And and it's also a very humbling experience, right? Like mm. sometimes you can make it just, you can make a decision. Um, you can make a choice to implement on that. You get underway and you recognize maybe that wasn't the cho- the 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 action you ch- you would take now with the information and knowledge you have now mm-hmm. and so in that way it is humbling in the sense that um you can circle back but i think if you do define the vision and you really are clear on why you're doing it um and you really align with people who have that knowledge and insight to look at that diverse thinking and that diverse uh, approach to the solution you're out to achieve you will likely identify any potential risks or barriers early on. Yeah, taking that initial time. And and that's, I think, what has been a struggle for so many entrepreneurs and and specifically women entrepreneurs that, um, especially at the inception of their businesses, they're moving so quickly. So taking that time to pause and maybe reflect on this change, um, how do you navigate that sense of urgency with strategy? Uh, Because we're we're limited for resources, we're limited for time. Um, How do you balance the the necessity for thinking through all of these potential risks, um, but also moving your business forward? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's important to identify those key questions um, because I think, you know, 
the first step is really also meeting people where they're at. Like you just said, people mm. are dealing with a lot, right? People are, or, you know, with technology, you know, with how we can connect and decision-making is happening um, so fast. Not everyone's going to be on board right away, right? And there's going to be a lot mm -hmm. of questions and questions can take a lot of time for leaders to be managing as they're executing and implementing on their work. And so I think, um, you know, one thing is like taking a pause and that, you know, also generating a lot of, a lot of compassion for yourself as a leader mm -hmm. as you navigate mm -hmm. through this, right? Like um, not only generating that care and patience um, as you navigate the way, but knowing your audiences, um, you know, creating those plans to help support them. And, and to your point, you know, plan your work, work your plan. We can all take ownership of how we choose to, um, you know, handle things moment to moment, right? And sometimes it is those moment to moment phenomenons of, of stopping and getting present to, okay, these are the actions that I have. This is the strategy I have. Is it still valid? And and sometimes when we're in this period of influx or uncertainty or overwhelm, um, we can get into this pace where um, very reactive, right? And we question mm -hmm. ourselves, we question, you know, our abilities, um, the, you know, the value you bring, and you have to really stop and say, no, I this is the this is the vision. This is where we're going. I feel comfortable and confident in this. I I know that this is the right choice, and keep staying grounded in that. And also, when you're aligning your leaders and the people in your organization, um, you know, having those change agents who are also aligned with what it is that you're out to achieve can help bring others along. You can't do it on your own, right? Like that's the mm -hmm. most important Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And in changing environments or not changing environments, I think that spirit of, of partnership and leaning and, um, you know, engaging um, your tribe and, and mentors is, is, is something that um, you can kind of um, almost anticipate for. So by building that network in times of change, you will be better equipped than having to build that network during those, those challenging moments. Totally. So it's sort of preparing yourself. Yeah. And I mean, mm -hmm. I know that this is a, a really good great, you know, entrepreneurs, you have amazing networks of individuals that you work with. Um, you have uh, such great resources at your, your fingertips that you don't have to wait until there's something, you know, really big um, that's happening to be, you know, reaching out to your colleagues. How did you handle this? Would you have done something mm -hmm. differently? How, like, and just having it be a natural, like changes it is something that's going to be happening all the time. So us building that growth mindset, us building that way of how do we, in our day-to-day -day interactions, um, build up that capacity to really, you know, be reaching out and, and sharing our stories and, and helping to navigate um, through the process through each other. It's just such a generous way that we can be, um, you know, coping and, and managing through change, which can bring up a lot of emotions, but also be mm. learning through the process. So it's not as much coming at you, but you're taking on the role of I have a say in how this is going to go. So I, I love that you sort of touched on the emotional side of change, because we all know that change is incredibly hard. And it's not just an intellectual move. It also, you know, you have that that gut feeling and that emotional, um, you know, pull that, you know, d during these challenging situations, um, and depending on the severity of change, um, it can really activate an emotional side of either, uh, you know, the leader of the organization or the staff that are having to live through these changing environments. So how do you navigate the intellectual and sort of the heartfelt space of change um, when you're trying to inspire your employees during challenging times? 
Oh, that's such a great question. This is the type of question that lights me up, I'd say. Mm. Um, and, Here we go. <laughs> you know, we're really trained to support that thinking part of change. And mm-hmm. not as much focus is, is put necessarily on the emotional feelings of change and what that brings and what that can evoke in people and can either set them into motion as being very inspired or can meet them and, and have that experience of of, um, you know, that resistance that shows up. Um, and so it's important to remember that that em- emotional piece can have a longer history than the thought process to adapt and change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are often when they're confronted with change, they will maybe compare it back to that last change experience that feels about the same, mm-hmm. right? And and so they're coming from more the past of, of how things went before versus you know, what we're creating now and what we're moving into into the future from that that current transition to future state. So if you want to really support individuals and change um, to significant degree, that emotional side is the, is a really powerful lever. Um, because in the past, change efforts have often focused at 80% on thinking and 20% on feeling. And the data wow. is really showing that if you support 60% from a heart space, that being, that emotional connection, and 40% on the mind, which is like that doing and the process connection, um, you'll really start to get to the heart of change. And John Cotter speaks a lot about mm, this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, creating experiences and moments that matter to connect with I mentioned earlier yourself, your employees, your teams through the process. And this can look very simple, like role modeling, being open and honest, acknowledging where you're at and that you might not have all the answers. And you're going to be looking to the team to help develop that diverse solution. Um, You know where you need to go, but the the way you're getting there is going to evolve. And celebrating those wins to really help ensure those connection and creating that safe space for people to ask questions, to navigate the process, to help feed information. Um, and, and I think as an organization, as entrepreneurs, you can really connect to your purpose and what you stand for. Mm. Why did people choose to work with you? Why did people choose to represent your organization? Um, even for yourself, like what, you know, connecting back in with yourself as to your why within your organization. Because um, we never truly know what people are dealing with in their personal and professional lives. Mm. And um, what causes a lot of resistance for one person, it really might not for another. And we need mm-hmm. to bring that compassion and, and again, meet people where they're at. And the more we remind ourselves to connect with people as individuals, bringing their whole selves to work, um, the better the outcome. Because, I mean, we're all human beings, right, after all. so Absolutely. And I think there's also a business, business bottom line impact that, um, you know, during change, there are a lot of challenges with retention. Um, there are a lot of changes uh, with productivity that if we're focusing more on this balanced heart and mind space, as opposed to just this 80% just the intellectual side of things, I'm sure there's actually, you know, an increase in, in productivity, an increase in retention, um, you know, the, the positive feelings that staff have within the organization, that has an impact on the overall success of the business. So I think, you know, to, to executives or to other um, uh, business leaders that might sort of hesitate about going into that more heartfelt space, I think there's probably some really compelling figures um, that can also bolster that argument to have that balance. Yeah, totally. Because it's just, again, in how you, again, it's something you have control over in moment to moment, how you're interacting with people and the impact that you have. So we talk about change impact, but as individuals, and we're made up as people and teams and how we work. And to your point of, the, how does that impact the bottom line in terms of when you're developing a product or a solution and the effort it takes and how are you collaborating? How are you leveraging your people? How are you creating openness? And how are you also still producing results through the way? 
Mm-hmm. Because yeah, at the end of the day, that, that that's not getting, uh, you know, shoved to the side that at the end of the day, your business still needs to. Operate. Yeah, you do. That's mm-hmm. why you're in business, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Profitability mm-hmm. Be, and making and making a difference and and serving your customers and providing that value. And you don't want to get, you know, that unrest that's in the way impact that that ultimate outcome for your clients. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you think of the biggest challenges that you see during change, um, what, what, what are those biggest challenges and how can you make suggestions to our network, specifically of women entrepreneurs um, and maybe those who have smaller teams um, where the impact is felt very greatly that they don't necessarily have the support of a large organization and the infrastructure there, that if you have a small team of three or four, that impact could be felt really dramatically. What are the biggest challenges you see in change and how can our network um, try to mitigate those challenges? Uh, I think it's... Uh you know, really important to identify and answer those questions for people. Um, Mm. You know, because oftentimes we can be so, this is where we're headed. This is where we're going. This is what the future state looks like. And meanwhile, Mm -hmm. operationally, people are in the current state and we're managing them from where they are today in through the transition Mm -hmm. of where we're going, right? And so when we think about, um, you know, how are we going to execute on the change? How are we going to support people through the transition what does that look like? You know, how are you pulsing in with your folks? Um, are you having regular one-on-one meetings with them? Are you having team meetings? Are you supporting their their development? Are you, um, you know, uh, are you leaning into your networks and maybe you know looking at opportunities that you can cross share knowledge? Um, it's it's really there comes down to the point where you know, we all have a role to play, right? And there's not one set person that's going to bring us from where we are now to where we're going to go. And I think the biggest part is really looking at how do you help identify, um, you know, knowing your audiences and creating those plans to support managing your different stakeholder groups, Um, Mm. you know, and really looking moment to moment, we talked about, you can have the best laid plans, but where are some of those barriers? How can you overcome? And some of them you might not be able to, right? Like they are just part of the process, right? And and there's no quick fix. We all wish we could flip a light switch and have things yes. change. And, <laughs> and unfortunately, sometimes it is uncomfortable. And you can continue to recognize, right, where you're at, where you're going. Um, and, and, it, and it is, that's why I said it is humbling, right? And it, it is something that, you know, it can, you know, create that um, feeling of, you know, that you're not, um, you know, the action isn't happening as quick as it could be, right? And Mm -hmm. things are a process. So you just have to continue to pivot as you go and continue Mm -hmm. to, to do your best work as you can. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned this a little bit earlier as well, that on, on in your teams um, and maybe in your staff complement, um, not everybody will handle changes the same way. So, um, you know, it could be they're, they're relatively new onto staff, so they're already experiencing a lot of change. And so they, they don't know what the, the history of the, the organization was or how things used to be. Um, I know there's this concept with um, Daryl Connor in Change um, about sort of change and, and individuals and their ability to, to navigate through change is almost a finite pool. So if you picture, um, you know, a, a box of marbles, that everybody has a concrete number of marbles and every change that they experience takes marbles out of that that sort of um, box. But at the end of the day, you only have a so, so much um, sort of capacity to handle change and that depends person to person. So how do you navigate when one staff member might be um, incredibly resilient and thrive during 
change and another might, you know, have very few marbles in their change sort of um, competencies. How do you navigate those two staff members um, and make sure that they're both held when you have all of these other operational um, requirements and mandates that you need to be focusing on at the same time? I think, um, I mean, that's such a great question, right? Because it speaks to, as you said, what I mentioned earlier, everyone reacts based on their past life experiences, mm-hmm. where they're at, you know, situationally. I know we were dealing with some health challenges with my mother-in-law last year and and that impact, and there was still work to be done, right? And I was able to powerfully do that because I, I think, you know, some people, it's reminding them, what are those things that they do to bring them joy, right? What are those elements mm-hmm. that they do to support their self-care and their well-being? You know, if your organization is, is sized into the state that you have maybe, um, you know, some of your health and wellness programs or, or some of your resources, um, you know, like those employee benefit type of programs and, and really creating that space uh, to also advise your, your team members that it's okay to reach out to those things. You know, if those are all mm-hmm. tools to help you, uh, to help you navigate. And then also, um, you know, simple things like, are you taking your lunch breaks? Are you, you know, Mm -hmm. creating that accountability structure, which I love here. We have an organization, one of my colleagues, um, you know, like we're, you know, getting up and moving and are, have you, you know, making sure you're eating, you know, healthy and and taking care of your Mm -hmm. well-being as the bottom line, right? And that's something, Mm -hmm. again, that we all have that control and ownership over. And sometimes that automatic when we're in this state of, you know, we need to get the, jo- the job done, we need to do the work, we can step over that. And it can have a, an impact to your point around um, turnover, around sick days, um, you know, all those types of, of programs that really support, uh, you know, your people's health and well-being. And that's mm-hmm. super important when you're navigating uh, difficult times or challenging times is to ask yourself, you know, I know there's, you know, people who love to do a lot of marathon running or, you know, they play a lot of active sports and, and that is a way in which they help clear their mind and get them back mm-hmm. in the game and uh, doing those ele- those pieces to nurture yourself and exercise that self-care is so important. Mm-hmm. And if we look at like our founder communities or uh, many, many of our women entrepreneurs that um, can have this great modeling behavior. I think it really also, it needs to start from the top that your staff need to see that, you know, you're modeling these behaviors, you're taking time for yourself, and then that will trickle down into your organization, be that a two-person organization or a 10,000-person organization, that they, that we need to see that modeling behavior um, and really embedded into that corporate um, and organizational culture. Yeah, because ultimately sometimes as people, we indirect, uh, with awareness or not, you look for that permission, right? Mm, And is mm -hmm. it okay? And, um, and, And role modeling is so important because just like those of you, if you're on, you know, and you have children, like who we're being, our kids are watching. And sometimes that's more than what we say, um, mm-hmm. than, than the, and the actions that we're taking. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, self-care and looking after and keeping your, your mental and emotional well-being through change is so important. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice? And, and, and I imagine with, with so many of our women entrepreneurs, they are building resilience in many, many ways, um, sort of in day to day in these constantly changing environments as they build their businesses. Um, in preparation for change, do you ever have any advice for our listeners on how they can build that resilience and build uh, that capacity for change in advance of a really changing environment? Do you have any tips for that? I think it comes back again to what are you doing in your day to day life, right? Mm-hmm. How are mm-hmm. you? 
um, you know, creating that um, supporting that growth mindset mm-hmm. and how you approach your work and really recognizing, um, you know, checking in. Why did I react to this experience and not this experience? What was going on? What, how did that look different? And um, that really will start to support your um, ability to be in action when, you know, maybe you need more, um, you know, to have that more strength and resiliency and navigating those long-term, more difficult challenges um, mm-hmm. in life. And also, you know, again, reaching out to your your networks and your communities and connecting in with people and and being open and honest with some of the the experiences that you're facing, and and also look at what are some of the resources that are available. Like there's um you know I suggest ProSize website. They're a really mm-hmm. great leader in change management. They have amazing webinars, resources, and tools that can help um, support your models for change in your business, um, no mm-hmm. matter the size or scale. Um, John Cotter has written a number of amazing books um, on the subject. Brene Brown has mm-hmm. many great resources when we think about, you know, Dare to Lead and how, um, you know, managing ourselves and our experience through change and how that has an impact and in, in the world that we're operating in. Um, mm-hmm. I've, you know, also looking at other trainings and seminars. I've done a lot of work um, with some personal development organization. Uh, one of them is called Landmark, mm-hmm. and really looking at how you go about and, um, you know, and really be with what's so. Mm. Like, what is so truly in this moment? Um, and then from there, look to see what what is possible, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we're in such an amazing time, and I would assert many of the, the, the people listening today as entrepreneurs, you know, leveraging that technology, leveraging communities, whether they be in person or virtually, mm-hmm. can really help you build up your resiliency um, to really uh, develop yourself. Because, you know, one of my favorite quotes um, is, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm. And it does begin, and, it, and it, I'm not saying I have it perfected. I'm on my own journey. Yeah. Um, but really, you have to pause and say, who can I be and what actions can I take right now mm-hmm. to impact how this is, you know, the next steps I'm going to take. Mm-hmm. And I love that um, it's, it's really shifting a mindset, right? That you don't need to think about it being concretely, okay, I'm going to watch this one webinar and then I'm going to be prepared for everything <laughs> that's going to change in my future. No. It's yeah. very much having this mindset and being comfortable with the uncomfortable that you don't know how the environment's going to change. You know, globally, we're experiencing so many changes um, and, and we need to be prepared for um, external changes that are happening, changes within our organizations, changes changes personally, how we connect with people. Um, we need to get comfortable with changing environments across every part of our lives. Um, so I think it's really that change in mindset that will help and support us in navigating how we change our businesses um, quickly and, and efficiently um, and with strategy, as you say, that we need to take time to, to really think through strategically why we're making these decisions in the first place. Yeah, because if you think about defining your why for change, sizing the change, change planning, that's all great, but are people going to actually adopt and mm-hmm. use and onboard through the journey? Because mm-hmm. that's where the real, you know, that's where the real magic happens. Um, because it, you can implement the best solution or deploy the best, but how do people continue to adopt and use and and sustain mm-hmm. that new way of working or that new way of of uh, the new solution that you've created or deployed, or or maybe it's just how you've evolved your business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because ultimately, that any of your change activities within your organization are meant to ladder up to your mm-hmm. strategy, your 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 operational strategy. And if they don't, why are you doing it? 
Absolutely. Exactly. And and that being, if, if there's a crack in that foundation, you're going to find out <laughs> if, you if will. that lies isn't there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can go down a rabbit hole, right? Yeah. And that was your earlier point of like, what do you do if you, well, sometimes it's just stopping again and going, I'm going to call pause. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. How does this align to our, you know, our, our annual strategy, our four-year strategy, the future that we're creating. Mm-hmm. I'm calling those strategic pauses. That's how I'm yes. <laughs> manifesting that at Love the moment it. of taking yeah. strategic pauses. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a number of different, um, you know, uh, support areas, different um, experts to, to sort of lean on. So Brene Brown, looking at ProSci and the ADCAR models, John Cotter. Um, what other um, areas can women entrepreneurs go to to seek more advice um, around the challenges of change? Um, I think, you know, just their, their peers, other women, Mm -hmm. you know, um, look at those mentors that you've had in the past. And if not mentors that you've had in the past, who are mentors that you admire? There's a few with Mm -hmm. LinkedIn that I've reached out to, right? (laughs) And they're not Mm -hmm. directly related to change, obviously, but you look at the industry they're in, the work that they're doing, it's pivoting and evolving, you know, maybe it's a new emerging industry, and you can apply, you know, if, like that change lens and how and, mm-hmm. and just have that dialogue with people and and really leverage, again, their skills and expertise um, and really continue to seek out opportunities for yourself. Um, there's so many, mm-hmm. you know, dip, again, with technology, there's so many great resources that you can you can find online. And I also think it's just as important as in, from an individual's perspective when we think of the growth mindset. And then um, organizationally and operationally, how is how does this fit within our business context? But you are where you go, right? We are where we go. Mm-hmm. So, I love that. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So what's the, um, the most actionable piece of advice that you want to leave um, our network of women entrepreneurs uh, out of this conversation today to really implement into their businesses? Oh, what is the most actionable piece of advice? I think it's don't wait, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's never going to be the perfect time or the, like, just start piloting things, pivot, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. add things into existing programs. Even if you see that there's an opportunity to um, maybe in the future and it's not something you want to implement, right? Start socializing the idea, start generating the conversation mm-hmm. um, and, and really leveraging the diversity within your group or the diversity within your network Mm. so that you can shift the way you're looking at it so you don't bring your own personal bias. Mm, I love that. Oh, I love that. And I, I love looping back to your original comment about having compassion for yourself during this process, that you're not going to have all of the answers, be comfortable with reaching out and, and leaning on others and learning uh, from, from their experiences as well. So that compassion piece and being gentle on yourself during change, I think is so important and can't be overlooked. Well, and it's such a generous gift we can give each other, mm, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for this fantastic conversation. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you, and and best wishes to everyone. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. 
visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook resources for women entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.